Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Banish Zone, the show about flesh and blood with Bryn. And with Chris. And we are so behind <laughs> on stuff to talk about. It's so much stuff. A lot has happened. Team, A where are we of, and listen, what are we here, doing? Here's the, here's the truth, right? The truth is... Mm-hmm. LSS dropped the best set that they've ever released, mm-hmm. and we've been a little busy fucking playing it. <laughs> uh, uh, that is true. That's pretty accurate. I mean, like honestly, mostly what we've been doing. It's not like, I mean, okay, I got pretty busy with my job, mm-hmm. um, and Chris also started kind of a new project yeah, that's yeah. been uh, taking up a lot of his time. That's true. But literally, besides that, mostly what we've been doing is playing a shit ton of outsiders also cracking um, i feel like we've been doing more like box break content in the last couple months than we have the whole channel this lifetime. is not news but the gig but the, the set is good it is good Folks, set the set yeah. is good if you didn't know <laughs> if you weren't aware it's a great set yeah um nobody knows what anything is everyone's having arguments everyone thinks that stuff is too broken mm-hmm. ban it immediately ban it immediately uh, actually, this hero sucks. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was They're gonna say unplayable. Or they just think someone's bad, and it's like, yeah, Uzuri will never be winning anything. She's too, she's too weak. Uzuri will never win. Riptide will never win. Mm-hmm. Um, Azalea is unplayable or is broken. Yeah. Actually, I should say they went from unplayable um, to broken instantly. Lexi is too, but that's of course. Um, yeah. So you know, it's just it's been a whirlwind of things. But to be honest, like. A lot of the conversations that have been happening around outsiders are sort of to be expected. Yeah, um, totally. And like I said on the stream, um, we we did a box break yesterday, mm-hmm. and um, you can check it out at YouTube.com/slash/TheBanishedZone. You <laughs> you're already subscribed, of course. Right, right. There's no chance you're not watching this on YouTube and not they, subscribe. They could be a podcast listener though on their phone. Right, but maybe you they're could driving. Go That's very so true. So if you're driving, uh. Pull onto the highway, open up your laptop, log into YouTube, subscribe <laughs> to the channel. Right. Uh, stop, pull over a uh, gas station, be very safe. Mm-hmm. Um, use McDonald's Wi-Fi to subscribe. Yeah. Don't, try not to drive as much as you can. I think that's my goal in life. Just generally don't drive. Um, but I think, what are you eating something? She's trying to open the door. Oh, Kitty, okay. don't open that don't door. Don't worry about that. My cat's trying to open a door. <laughs> For no reason. There's nothing back there. Um. Yeah, subscribe to the YouTube is what we're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you, what was I trying to say? Um, oh, yeah. If you watch that, I, I was trying to say that there's a lot of, one of the big ones right now is pack collation. Right. Yeah. This is a, this is a big, a big hot topic, which. <laughs> because. Uh, and also, well, there was God boxes too. Like it, it, it started as, right? Like that was sort of right. the first wave of conversation about it as somebody opened a box yeah. with like tw- 30, 40 legendaries. Yes. And then it, it everyone immediately acted like the sky was falling mm-hmm. because that means that, um, of course, that that means that somebody fucked up big time mm-hmm. and somehow that means I am not going to get the legendaries I'm deserved uh-huh. because when I gamble... I deserve to win. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and they're stealing <laughs> them all from me. Yeah, the people who got you know twenty or whatever in a in a case, mm-hmm. um, they're stealing them from me. Of course, that's how yeah, yeah card yeah. games. That's how manufacturing works. There's no they they make all of the legendaries that they're <laughs> gonna make for the run, and yeah. then there's no more. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm imagining it like you know those like Kelly. 
uh, political cartoons from The Onion, where it's like the crying family, and it's like a, the crying Statue of Liberty. Yeah, yeah. It's like the the family, and it's like good, honest uh, TCG box buyers, <laughs> and then there's like a greedy guy, and it's like evil God box taverns, and yeah. it's like, but they took all my legendaries. Then the little kid is like, Daddy, will I still be able to play in the Pro Tour <laughs> or something? And the Statue of Liberty's crying. Yeah, yeah. That was definitely some. Uh, some people's reactions. It's a very silly reaction to have to what was clearly, I think, from the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, a mild fuck up at the factory. And like the kind of thing that's happened. I think there was an interesting conversation about this. I think Yenji, uh, Yenji Lee had one of the the best takes about it, which was basically like, I think the way people are talking about this, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically was saying like the way people are talking about it is sort of like a symptom of social media where sure. like people sort of expect everything to be perfect and then can spread around examples of imperfections like a lot. Cause I feel like a lot of, there was a lot of people who were like reposting the same pictures and YouTubes of God boxes to the point where I feel like, yeah. And they were like, people were getting the impression that there was 10, 20 of them. And I think there was We've seen two. Yeah, I, I feel like it was like the same one was getting posted or like pictures of like the miscut packs. It was like people kept seeing d- the same or similar pictures and being like, wow, happened again, happened again. Happened, and it's just, happening all over the place. It, it's like already like if you don't, the, it, the, the way not, Twitter works is that it'll like not show you things in like actual time. It'll all show social you like, media. I mean, it's yeah. like, it's it's not something I'm immune to. Like no, I no, definitely, no you know, yeah. It, when you see something multiple times a day and everyone complaining about it, you're like, wow, this must be a huge problem. Mm-hmm. And it just isn't. I mean, yeah. and LSS was forced to come out and be like, look, for 18 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some a die. Maximum of 30, I think. What do you call those things? Uh, the big sheets. Mm, yeah. That legendary sheet they got swapped, swapped the yeah, yeah. with the rainbow foil sheet. For like so, commons, right? For rainbow foil commons. So... Or probably rares too, but they didn't explain, mm. you know, yeah, in the Belgium. And so, so I don't know how many boxes are made in 18 minutes. Yeah. I have no real like, frame of reference. We, we, we don't know. Yeah. Because they, they said, don't know. They said 30 minutes is like the maximum amount of time it could have been. So it's like unclear exactly. It doesn't affect the cold foils. And what's interesting is, is like it, it they had to explain like that's not how it works mm-hmm. like there's no set amount of legendaries like we just keep printing the sheets right like yeah yeah it <laughs> like just meant that they like they, they changed it and mm-hmm. then they all could then they continued the printing right it was um, not like the way people imagined it like i don't know like the other boxes were like get a get a legendary and then i grabbed a common instead so the box got no legendaries or whatever right um, seems very unlikely so i think a big thing that i, I one thing that i've just been pretty fascinated about is just the fact that like everything feels nobody's choosing to learn from this Mm -hmm. uh because these kinds of things keep happening um and i think it's just maybe it's as as a community keeps growing there's going to be people who just love to complain Sure. Um, yeah. You were finding examples where you were just like quickly Googling and were like, oh, hey, this happened to magic a lot of times. It this happens happened. to magic a lot. Yeah. It's just like a thing that happens to these kind of card games, especially when you consider like the volume. Like I remember someone was, I think it was Matt telling us locally, Matt, one of our local uh, players, that like the reason that centering is bad on cards is because they are printing so many at a time and they're not like sharpening the knives and like carefully 
like lining up the oh, sheets yeah, or whatever. It's just like I'm sure it's not knives, but like whatever. What, like, whatever is like guillotine, <laughs> pizza rollers. I'm imagining. Yeah, yeah, paper paper cutter type yeah. things. Yeah, it's like if you wanted, if centering was like a high priority, then they could try to make it happen. But that's really just like an, a side effect. It's a thing that maybe 0.1% of people even ever think about, let alone care about. And I feel like super specific collation and distribution is kind of similar where like. Right. Yeah. So I, I just think, I just think that it's a microcosm of the way people behave in any setting. Mm -hmm. uh, and card games are so low stakes. It's not politics, you know? Sure. I mean, yeah. there are political and economic influences on mm -hmm card games but it doesn't really matter like it's a, it's play a, the it's game a hobby or, yeah play yeah. the game or don't it's fine yeah um i guess you could argue if they have a tournament right after a set comes out then that means it's like harder to get the cards for that's like the one situation where you could be it's like just pretty somebody needs i just find it disappointing i'm just it's disappoint i just dis i get disappointed in people mm -hmm. for just being so quick to react yeah for for feeling like everything if something doesn't go exactly correct, mm -hmm. their reaction is to complain and yell about it mm -hmm. on Twitter or make videos to like get clicks uh -huh. about like LSS fucked up. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the thing is like a lot of flesh and blood Twitter is more actually just like content creators. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not even, I mean, lots of players too, but I just feel like the main the main thrust of the conversation online is is driven by content creators mm -hmm. and it's like a two-way cycle too where it's like if something like just random players who aren't making youtube videos can tweet about it and then the people who do make youtube videos are like oh yeah this is the conversation on twitter right and i mean at least this time it was and so you have to address it or people feel like they have you know lss does it, yeah yeah because it's like oh it's an issue right because people are talking about it so and yep. now the new thing is, uh, I'm sure I'm missing one, but... Mm -hmm. uh, oh, like about outsiders? The new thing is pack collation, where the Japanese and the Belgium is different, mm -hmm. and people were counting on, or t certain people who believe that they're owed the way sets are supposed to be, mm -hmm. is because in the past, you've been able to tell in draft generally what's been picked, <coughs> kind of. I, I think... In like Uprising, I don't know how it's worked for every set, but I think Uprising was pretty strict on this. That it was like two, two, and one of the class cards. So it'd be like two illusionist, two ninja, and then one wizard or something like that. I forget if that's and the I number. I think three generic. Yeah. So you could two, look. Two and one. And then. So every pack was like that. And then two rares and one shiny. Mm -hmm. And then two tokens. Yeah. And so. And that was actually a thing. People complained about this at worlds because you remember how at like big tournaments they don't give you packs i think specifically for uprising because it has the dragons and those like are giving away that you're drafting them so they like swapped out they swapped out yep. the dragons put in other cards apparently i don't even know if this is like was confirmed by anything but like people's assumptions but they were people were like well they mixed up the the packs they didn't take them from one box it was all mixed up. I think they said they didn't do that. Yeah, they like specifically said they didn't. I think so. Because uh, like they, they I, I may have. Been, I think they said there may have been mistakes, mm -hmm. but generally we tried to just take the packs out and put them in. Yeah, because um, it's like I don't actually know. Like, was there enough of a pattern in terms of like what's in a box to be like I can tell that this has half from one box, half from another box? Oh no, I doubt it. Like, it's hard to imagine, but it's like also that's a very like minor. 
I don't know. Anyway, I think- this is the thing that we're talking about something that we're not playing in the Pro Tour. We're going to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. We're content creators. Yeah, yeah. You're watching it. You know, we're here uh, making the content, but it's like, I don't give a shit. Like, why would I care? Who cares about this stuff? It's like three guys. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> people who <laughs> and, like and I would it- consider like like competitive players, like people who have won Battle Hardens are tweeting about it. It's like sort of split where some people are like, you know, because LSS's take about it, the, it was a pretty quick article. Like, it, did they clearly didn't feel like it was a big enough deal to like go right. into detail. They were basically like, we're gonna have a mix, so you won't know whether it's Belgian or Japanese. And I think they're clearly just trying to make it like the most even playing field possible. Where if if they were like, it's it's gonna be Belgian, and then people without access to Belgian can't practice. Yeah, and Brian, vice versa. Got- Brian Gottlieb explained pretty, I think, well that it's like. If we if we said it was going to be one or the other at this hour, mm-hmm. like people, if we would be seen as you know giving advantage to people who have yeah. a lot of money and a lot of time to like. It, it, there's no good way to do this. Like, yeah, yeah. and I just I just feel like you one the 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 most interesting um, reaction I've heard to this conversation, this mm-hmm. discourse or whatever, yeah, is that like no one in Magic has promised this. Yeah, like I think it's like happened sometimes. It's like it's like a new thing. It seems like kind of new. Yeah, people thought about in Flesh and Blood mm-hmm. that were like, oh, the pack distribution is the same. Mm-hmm. Like if if LSS like wanted to mix it up mm-hmm. and just like, oh, there is no pack distribution. L's can be anywhere. R's can be anywhere. Yeah, you know, I bet it's mostly a manufacturing thing that it's like because Flesh and Blood isn't you know, five colors. Mm-hmm. It's like only a certain amount of classes. It's yeah. like gonna be this way and you have to do the sheets a certain way. So, mm, yeah. So it's like, there's gonna be this many generics just so like everything is even. Yeah. Maybe like just the number of generics in a set and then how many they're trying to print versus class cards. And then, yeah, it's like there's, there's physical material realities that like dictate this. And it's not always easy to make that like line up smoothly. And it's possible that this was just, I don't know. Maybe they printed. They were like, "Ah, shit! We made like one too many rare sheets or something." At the, I don't know. It's just anything like, could have happened that they were like, "I just toss extra rares in some packs." <laughs> uh, I think it's supposed to be mixed up. Like, yeah. like they wanted it. To, they wanted outsiders to be different. Where Brian Gottlieb said, like, some packs have three rares, some packs have one, zero rares. Yeah. Like, we just wanted it to be mixed up and different. Which I think makes sense because it's like. I don't know. Because like in that article, their their advice was basically like focus on the fundamentals. And some people's response was like, isn't knowing what's in a pack fundamental to draft? No. And, and other people were like, I'm just going to take the best card in the pack. Like I feel like the fundamentals are knowing what the good cards are, knowing what cards each like hero might want, and then recognizing if those cards are available or not. You don't have to know like exactly what your opponent's not opponent, but like person to your right's pack looked like. I mean, you can right. see. F- 13 out of the 14 cards that were in it you will get the gist eventually for being cut yeah like, <laughs> you'll, you'll see the gist you don't have to know exactly what the, happened the, also like the outsiders is just so different than any completely um, yeah is so different than any draft for set they've made it's made me like draft um yeah, it's, it's very cool in a way that i hadn't before with, uprising was a bad uprising. intro yeah i did not like uprising as an intro um it was too uh, predestined mm-hmm. um, you just like immediately you're kind of shoved into mm-hmm. whatever hero it's like you usually <laughs> you gotta pick something yeah yeah often fi- well 
I was always, always I was always kind of feeling shoved into Icelander because mm-hmm. there's she has so many more cards because but to, also to some counteract draconic. Yeah. So I always felt like there was way more Icelander blues around. Or so like, just be like yellows or whatever. Them. Yeah. I don't, like, it was weird too because it sort of felt like Icelander and Dromai had these like really sort of like greedy deck building restraints where it's like if the box just had a lot of like yellow Icelander cards, it would feel really weak because it's like you can't right, use your hero ability. You can't play reds. It's like awkward to build the deck. Uh, same with Dromai. And then Fi, it was just like take attacks and the deck is good and it's really... I like right. I like how this set is like a balance where each hero has like a bit of a complicated set of things that they can do. And you really can like, you really can just like take one class stuff for a couple picks mm-hmm. and then pivot, and it feels fine. Mm-hmm. Like you can ta- you can start taking a lot you of you can generics. take like four or five like unplayable cards mm-hmm. and like have a pretty decent deck. Um, yeah, and win games. I feel like I've I've like taken a class card or two, started being unsure about the signals and whether that class was open. So then I took some generics to like get a read on things. I think this is a, a draft where I pivoted into Katsu, where like I saw some ninja cards coming and I was like, well, I was trying to be assassin, but maybe ninja is available. And then at a certain point, I was like, okay, ninja is definitely available. I'm pivoting, mm-hmm. and so it's like it can't mean you miss out on some picks, but it still turned out fine, and I had a pretty decent deck. I guess my main thing is just like they're designing the game the way they want it to be played Mm -hmm. and it's like okay if they put a challenge in your way don't cry about it like a baby yeah like (laughs) just just play the game yeah just like like, accept that there's some variants i mean they're always it's draft it's a box of cards and then eight random people and then random seats random like it's very very out of your control what happens and i think people i really do think like i and i think it's totally disingenuous to be like they were rude to tell me to focus on the fundamentals. Like, fuck you, man. Like, I I can't believe they even apologize for that. Like, you get to go on Twitter and like scream and cry and, and make jokes and memes and stuff. And then they're like, have a little bit of a, like a tone in the, and you're like, how dare you? How <laughs> like, would you say that? Uh, we demand professionalism from yeah, yeah. this tiny card game company that has 30 people working for it. It's like, yeah. shut up. It, it, it seems like maybe, <laughs> <laughs> it seems like maybe it wasn't intentional that the different regions were different. And I mean, it seems pretty hard to get like the exact same product out of two like wildly different factories we were just commenting on this because we you opened a box of japanese print and it's like the box feels different the cards yeah. feel different they have this more like matte, it's a really different uh, like smooth feel experience i don't know so i it's like i think their ideal situation will be like one factory can make their boxes in one way and make everything sync up how they want it to sync up hello kitty uh-huh um but there's slight hiccups that happen and it's i really don't see how it's gonna like ruin draft i don't know i feel like i've seen some people saying like really dramatic things about it that it could like ruin the competitive integrity of like a pro tour <laughs> draft or something and it's like yeah i don't really I, see how is it like calm down if your pack is missing a katsu rare that was supposed to be there and then you were banking on playing katsu and then you're like i would have won the the third round of that draft if i had this katsu rare in my deck which i would have been guaranteed by what the coalition said it should have been like but then i didn't get it and then i got hosed so now i have one it's like is that what people are saying yeah they're just like they're gonna blame a loss on like a card not being there that like they expected I, to? I get that people are competitive especially people at this level but it's just yeah. like i mean they're traveling a long way to be there sometimes yeah, but uh, to play a game that has variants in it, mm-hmm. like it's not 
like <laughs> it, this is the thing it's like poker mm-hmm. has the same kind of shit mm. oh know? yeah people just like the they change a tiny thing they don't change the packs as much or less or more or whatever the packs like the play the packs, packs of playing cards uh-huh. Because you have to shuffle them every time. Right. And so they use machines, right? Like there's machines. not a dealer shuffling They're, them anymore. The chips change, mm-hmm. like the waiting, like the, the, it, like little things will change in the World Series of Poker and like professional, the chips, <laughs> millionaire funny. adults will just like yeah. cry on Twitter. So it's not anything new. For sure. For sure. But it is I, just disappointing that it's like a small fun game where people are trying to fit. Like this is a, this is a, like people are acting like this is a legacy that they're being like a tradition, a 20 year tradition that they're being slapped in the face with. Yeah. It's like, this is a brand new game figuring mm-hmm. out how they want to do like certain things. And it's like, just roll with it. They, they're changing. Come something. On. Yeah. Yeah. You're a good player. You will be fine. Mm-hmm. Take the good cards. Take the good cards. Yeah. Pokemoki said that. Yeah. Yeah. Pokemoki. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I think, I think in, in fighting games or maybe specifically in smash, people call this kind of stuff. John's like an excuse for, Johns, yeah, like J A W N, like just the name Johns. I think it just came from like a guy, that like was, my friend Johns. Yeah, okay. I think it just came from a guy whose name was John, and he would like <laughs> make it would just like if he lost or like fucked up or something would like have some kind of excuse, and people would be like, "No, Johns, like don't don't be giving me some reason to like explain yeah. away why you lost." And that's what like, I think I don't remember who said this, so I'm sorry. Feel free to come forward and claim credit. But someone said, "Leave on a Twitter, comment." in the comments yeah yeah subscribe to us on youtube and uh paypal us 20 bucks and tell us <laughs> it was your <laughs> no don't do that just leave a comment do not paypal me um yeah they were just saying like it feels like people finding excuses for johns in like the draft format or at yeah. the pro tour or whatever we're like well my, my, our packs were fucked up so it ruined it was like it was right. a scuffed draft the draft got sure. ruined it was terrible or whatever it's not my fault <laughs> yeah and it's like whatever do what you want just don't i just i feel very protective of lss mm-hmm. like i no one has actually criticized this podcast for like simping for lss Being or whatever a, it does feel weird to like defend a company from its customers they're but an independent tiny team i know of people making one of the best games that has ever existed mm-hmm. and like just crying to them i just i feel i would feel really bad I, I if I worked there, yeah, and like this is the kind of community I was fostering, I'd be like, we're doing something wrong. I mean, uh, it's a <laughs> tiny portion of it. Like most of it is just like a ton of passion and excitement for the cards and the heroes right. and the decks and stuff. But mm-hmm. it's true that that kind of stuff stands out. It's I like, would. I'm just saying, I would want to nip it in the bud. Yeah, like I would want to just be like, this is inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Like, it did feel like that's what they were trying. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. We were trying to. Make a game that's fun and competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't explain to you every little thing about production. Right. And you don't know anything about production mm-hmm. and setting up a fucking international <laughs> t- tournament circuit. Yeah. We're running into a lot of issues that we're solving in the best way we can. Give us a couple of years to, like, make it run without any squeaky wheels. Yeah. Like, with no... With no grinding of the gears like mm-hmm. yeah because it, it kind of felt calm, like they were calm down they were trying to nip the whole conversation in the bud with that article because it was a pretty quick article and at some point in it they said like we won't be discussing this further so they were basically yeah. it was like it was like a parent being I, like hey look this is how it's gonna go and I your sister gets this much ice cream you get this much <laughs> ice cream we're not talking about this anymore yeah like, i will turn this car around yeah and, and i was, do i think that sometimes that is needs to be the stance they take it's just like no 
I don't care how big your podcast is. Yeah. Here's the information Shut about up. it. Like, that's the information. Don't worry about it. It's not really yeah. a big deal. You can figure it out. Do Everyone's not, on the same playing field. Do not attempt to bully us into, like, making the game the way you want to make it. That's yeah. so weird. Yeah. And, I mean, like, they're, they've been really good about, like, getting the you know taking criticism and mm-hmm. and ideas and and uh, lacing them into the game and mm-hmm. and making it a really interesting experience for everybody um i just really as i find that distasteful um, to be that like rude and like put off yeah i guess it has it almost has like karen energy it's like you're at a coffee shop yeah, yeah. and you're just like berating some 20 year old barista and you're like i went to italy and i've tasted a latte and what is this <laughs> and it's like they never said it was like the latte you were expecting right. they said here's a latte yeah it, this is the thing it's just it's distasteful in a way that's like yes exactly complaining mm-hmm. about a product that you like mm-hmm. it's just like it's okay like, did they ever say is, like by the they, way every every box will have perfect class collation to make it easy for you pros to draft it was not in the rules it's not a thing they promised or anything it's it's just the thing that 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 used to exist and it seems like they're trying to not make exist as much yeah um because to be fair like i think it makes the draft experience much less interesting if it's like, super on rails yeah it, yeah it, well if it, if you can if you can just be like i know what the person to my right and left are doing mm-hmm. so i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna make the best thing i i just find it like yeah i don't think that's the intention of draft for sure yeah i remember like the way people talked about I mean, again i don't know anything about no. magic i'm not a professional level player but like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel like that's something that people should have been used to yeah i i think especially for i don't know i didn't follow the like whole scene of tales of aria draft because that was before we really joined the podcast, the, like the not join the podcast, join this game. Right. So like, I've never gone back and listened to like, I don't know, Arsenal Pass breaking down. Like, here's the collation. Here's how you send signals if you're taking Oldham or whatever. But mm-hmm. like in Uprising, it was kind of important because like, if you got cut out of a class and you didn't realize you were going to be cut, then you were like really screwed and it was hard to pivot into something else. And then you'd like screw people over down the line and have like. You know, if you had like yeah, th- yeah. three Icelanders in a row for some reason and everyone was just like on rails and had to be locked in. It's like the idea of sending a signal was like, okay, people will know the collation. I'll take one wizard card. They'll see two ninja cards. They'll go, ooh, ninja. They'll take those cards. Andy you know. did that to me yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then and then baited you? He baited me into taking ranger cards and then cut me off of ranger. Mm-hmm. Very rude. Michael Feng did that to me <laughs> once, but did not cut me off. He like purposely sent heavy Icelander signals, and I went ooh Icelander and took them. Right, and then it worked out how he wanted it to. Right. Um, but that's sort of like, and, and I I do get. Let me let me be clear. Yeah, I do get that that type of manipulation or there's a there's a the meta textual like strategy. Mm-hmm. I get how that's interesting to people, and mm-hmm. in sets where that has been a ability to learn. Um, that's interesting. Um, but I don't think it's necessary. There's just always going to be some kind of like meta consideration, no matter what the coalition of the packs is like, or like how random it is. I mean, I guess it's like, it means if there can be two amazing cards in a, in a pack when you open it and then you're like, Oh, there's still an amazing card here, whatever red surging strike, maybe like red peace of mind. If people start considering that a really good card and then you're like, what they take, a majestic armor like i don't know there's always some element of randomness where it's like majestics pop up in some packs or legendaries and people take those and then it's like people don't normally care about like the rainbow foil common if it's like not a good card so if you're like wait there's no foil 
was it a good card? Was it a legendary? There's a lot of situations where you really don't get much in terms of signals from a pack, and you have to like figure it out. Sure. And that's just what this, these packs are going to be like. I All think. right, enough about this. All right. Um, I, I think we that said what we said. <laughs> we said what we said. I mean, I just I, my my main point is like, I don't really give a shit about draft and like professional mm-hmm. level draft because I don't mm-hmm. play it, and yeah. it's not really my problem to have a conversation about. Yeah, I mean, my main thing is is is, and I don't mean to like tone police or anything here but it's like uh, cut cut them some slack you know like they're uh, if you if you disagree be polite at least like yeah voice your concerns in a way that like doesn't make the fans of the game look bad unless it's something immoral like if we're talking about For like sure, yeah. something disgusting or immoral which game companies are not <laughs> uh you know they're they're union busting. They're mm-hmm. uh, you know using child labor. Yeah, or whatever, yeah. You know, like whatever. There's lots whatever. of bad things. Blizzard like insanely abusive workplaces. To sure. Sexist. Th- there's lots of bad things you can do as a co- as a company. Yeah. Um. But if someone is just making a game decision that you don't think is, don't act like it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can under. It's like there's a lot of money on the line. You're so getting like too mad online. Be be polite and about your concern. Like because there's fifty grand at stake in theory, if you win the pro tour. If you win the pro tour. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that Outsiders has brought mm-hmm. uh, is a lot of conversation. Uh, and I think we've all talked about this. Like, as the game is going to get bigger, Outsiders is a big deal. I mm-hmm. think a lot of people, you know, J- Japan and Brazil are now, like, entering the arena. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's a lot more, you know, the game is growing um, pretty uh, concretely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's going to be more people complaining. There's going to be more psychos. There's going to be sure. yeah, yeah. all kinds of s- different things that will be lame. Um, and mm-hmm. the community not, will not be a tight knit, cute community forever. Sure. Yeah. I was going to say like at a certain point, it maybe gets big enough that like, it's hard to like weed out that kind of attitude. I would hope that it always stays a community that like is very welcoming to new people. Cause I've, I've heard that about like compared to other, like super established games like magic where it's just like magic has sort of all these like pretty sexist, like nerd bro (laughs) types kind of like baked into it. And that's just what I've heard in in comparison to stuff like flesh and blood where it's like, there's women who play magic. There's women who play flesh and blood, but it's like flesh and blood is new enough that there's not sort of like, I don't know. I feel like magic just has like grumpy gatekeepers who were like, have been playing for 20 years and like want to get annoyed at, anyone new who's playing and flesh and blood is like new enough that everyone remembers being a new player and like wants to welcome in the new players in a way that sure. they were welcomed in. And I just hope sort that of, it's continues. interesting. Like I, I we've, there's been, I, I definitely, whenever I see people playing a card game, I'm, uh-huh. I'm always surprised that they don't want to tell me about it. Mm. Like, like when you walk I'm by, I'm always like, Oh, what are you guys playing? They're like, you know, magic, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, they, they're not interested in being like, Oh, you don't know how to play this game. Do you want to learn? Or, you yeah, know, yeah. they're not interested in being like, Oh, I'll tell you some information about mm-hmm. it or how to get into it. No. Yeah. I mean, I was hanging out with Avril Lavigne last week and she was really interested in talking about battle spirits. Really? Saga. Yeah. Yeah. She had a lot, a lot to say about it. She really liked the decks she'd built. What is it like? Uh, I don't know. There's like spirits and I don't know. I, I don't really remember. But I don't know. I'm just saying some people are really, you know, they'll tell you. About oh, they'll tell you. They'll about tweet it. about it. They'll, um, they'll pose with the cards. Um, but I, I, I also find that with Flesh and Blood, you know, there will be people who come into Action City mm-hmm. and be like, what are you playing? And then people kind of besides me aren't like, hey, it's called Flesh and Blood. We have stuff for sale. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like Tony too. Tony will do that. Tony will do that. And mm-hmm. I will do that. Everyone else is sort of just like, it's a game. 
your clothes. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like people don't want to talk to people in real life. And I find that very odd yeah, um, yeah. considering how social the game is. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, but I do think generally flesh and blood is very welcoming. It actually reminds me uh, pitch. Perfect. Lovely podcast. Go mm-hmm. watch pitch. Perfect. If you haven't with Elaine and melody, mm-hmm. uh, James white went on their show to answer some questions. Yeah. Awesome and they time. asked him a question about um, diversity, mm-hmm. quote unquote, um, and and James White answered it in a really interesting way that really I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, they asked him like, "How do you get more people into your game?" And yeah, like diverse kinds of people interested in the game. Yeah, yeah, and you know, he was saying that he he felt that it was they were doing a good job, like mm-hmm. after you know, 20, 30 years working in card games and Yu-Gi-Oh and magic. Like yeah. you go walk to the rock around the pro tour. There's a lot more women mm-hmm. and people of color at the, at a, at a calling than these other games. Um, yeah. Maybe and not Yu-Gi-Oh, but I mean like yeah. definitely more women maybe, but um, yeah, probably. Or like on the judge team too, that it's like, yeah, it's not, it's not like just a boys club. It's definitely very skewed towards men. And there's like, I'm sure a lot of reasons that like these kind of hobbies end up, dominated by men but i think what's interesting is that he was also saying like it's not just about representation of like you know i was noticed uh the metal fab tokens guys made a dice of the women of rape oh yeah and i was like wait where's Missouri? and i was like wait where's and then i like looking at how many women there are in the mm-hmm. game and there was like 10 more if you count date at all uh-huh. uh after so it's like yeah. 16 women heroes i think date at all's they them <laughs> she's a, she's a you call her they them i don't know i don't know Have they i said? think she's got a she i don't know i don't remember well Who whatever knows? she looks not, not like for a, me to say. she looks like a bitch to me <laughs> if uh, you say so. <laughs> that's good <laughs> um i've heard a fan theory that data doll is like supposed to be a, a copy of dash or that she I, was the original I, I, and then dash too. actually is a robot right Oh, that would be cool. weird. Fembot Dash. Fembot Dash. Yeah. Um, I mean, Arachne is canonically they, them. Right. Arachne is canonically they, them. That's um, true. I don't know if Data Doll is like canonically, but right. it could be. Um, well, either way, um, th- if you don't count Data Doll, it's nine more. So it's like mm-hmm. 15 women and heroes. It's like almost half. It's about half the heroes um, are women. And then yeah. there's only, you know, there's not all of them are quote unquote white Mm -hmm. so that's they have an interesting level of representation that a lot of games don't they're Mm -hmm. starting in the 2020s when everyone wants to see representation but what he what he said that impressed me more than like well we have representation and there's a long way to go Mm -hmm. it's also like the different kinds of people who play it might not want a competitive 1v1 game Mm. um and you know they he was saying like we want to have PVE, so more different types of people mm. want to play it, and I think that is is indicative of an understanding that like class and culture defines the kinds of things you're into, right? Yeah. Like you can't just be like, "Look, women do this incredibly male coded thing because we yeah. have women in it," right? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not how it works. Like or like, can, look, poor person, like play this super expensive tournament game. Yeah, like, exactly. not that it's like insanely expensive, but it's like if you're poor, it is. But any any TCG is is expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, f- to a poor person. Yeah. Like to a person who doesn't, you know, who's living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, it's like know? if the idea of paying like a cable bill is 
really expensive to you stressful going out to dinner it's like you're not going to spend money on cards that you can't eat right exactly and (laughs) that you can't eat or or live in yeah like do Um, anything with other than have fun and i mean that's a lot of this country Mm -hmm. uh and specifically a lot of brown people in this country you know hispanic and black people Mm -hmm. like are far more often uh in lower income brackets and so you have less you have a higher barrier to entry Mm -hmm. so it's interesting to be like well if you have a pbe it's not just about getting the types of people who are just like less competitive it's also about having less people with less money Mm -hmm. who need to don't need to make such a busted deck to compete yeah you, know, you could join a party with other people who have more stuff or lend stuff it's mm-hmm. but less they could just make you a deck and give it to you and be like play we need someone to play this because we need right. this many people you and then it's like the merchant or you can be the guardian you can for be, sure you yeah know, you know you can we can have it can be board gaming you could also just proxy whatever legendaries you want if it's like i'm curious if there'll be elements because we talked about this like is is pve going to be a purely like kitchen table kind of thing where you're supposed to like play it at home well nobody knows yeah but i mean like i I really me personally i hope that whatever it is it's able to be played at a higher level like i would like to go to a calling or a pro tour or and like have at least side events of like for sure yeah get a team of five and like do the best take on this challenge yeah beat it the fastest or with the you know the most points or whatever Mm -hmm. i don't know how it would work but yeah i mean i I love the idea of like doing some kind of thing where you're the owner or like tournament organizer of your lgs like plays the boss deck and then there's like that's how i've been thinking about it there's like like, chests that are prize packs or whatever so maybe like i don't know if they can make it might not be a boss maybe it's maybe there's like a dm Mm-hmm. Um, like a dungeon a, you go through but, yeah. but but James White has specified The most we've gotten from it Is that there is a party mm-hmm. It's RPG like And there's a, it's like a campaign Yeah, um, And that's crazy And yeah. he mentioned on, on the Pitch Perfect podcast That it's like Flesh and Blood is Very RPG style Yeah I thought that was cool In it's game and it's like it is Because you, you equip you the up, armor you and character, weapons and stuff You equip weapons and armor you look all different, you mm-hmm. know. You have a role where it's like a warrior is going to be and guardian is tanky and like a ninja isn't tanky. So as soon as you just right. like choose that hero, it's like you can't really have a team of all ninjas. You unless can be you an assassin. Wanna, yeah. You can be a ranger. You know, it's, it's, yeah. there's a lot of things that can happen with that, with the system. Um, and I think that that, I think what they want is not just to open up the diversity of like, of, of, you know, people who are competitive and people who aren't, but I mm-hmm. think also people who have different levels of time and money and investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that include that also scales on identity and yeah. honestly is more important than what you might. Cause you can't, you can't make a monolith of like, yeah. Oh, black women are interested in this. Like, right. and that's what companies really often get wrong sure. with yeah, making yeah. diversity is like everybody just wants what we have. We just have to make it look cool to these types of people. Yeah. Um, and then they don't know anything cause nobody, <laughs> there's no, there's none of that kind of person in the company. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was really interesting and, and I thought yeah. made it seem like he had a really firm grasp on like what gets people into your game. Yeah. I could, I could even see it as a way that like eventually gets people into the competitive side where it's sort of like a shallow end of the pool. Cause it really is like, 
getting into flesh and blood when we started and I probably even more so now it like can kind of feel like jumping into a deep end depending on how you sure. start. It was like, you know, our local scene is kind of feels like a shark tank sometimes where it's like you show up and you get like calling winning players. You get people who've won battle hardens or top aided battle hardens. Their deck is all legendaries and you have like your little precon cold foils. Yeah. They got cold foils. They got and, tournament. And they're, they're shuffling an eye in their deck or something. And you're <laughs> like, wow, these people have like, what feels like thousands of dollars worth of cards. And I just got this pre-con deck and I'm nowhere close. And it's like, Mine is 12 to, to some people that is sort of like, I feel like we've met people locally who like tried it at that level, like dipped their toe in and sort of like felt like they were going to drown and then didn't keep coming back. Mm -hmm. Some people jump in and are like, wow, this all seems awesome. I feel like that yeah, was our experience. Like us, yeah. like we were like, <laughs> this is confusing, overwhelming. We're not going to win anything, but it's fun. So like, let's see what happens. And you know, there's like all these cards you have to get and there's all this knowledge you need to acquire about yeah, like how to play. But this is the thing is that it's like, it's, it's, you have to, if, if it's that level, mm -hmm. like it is a deep end because getting into it is kind of letting it take over your life. Like it becomes your hobby. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I think that that's like, you have to be in the mood to get into a new hobby. Like you mm -hmm. have to be at a place in your life to like, do yeah. something new every day and make new friends. And you have to be the kind of person who like goes and is comfortable with making, you know, a bunch of new acquaintances and friends. You got to want to like practice and learn and lose. You got to be ready to like lose a lot. Yeah. And also eat shit for yeah. like weeks. I mean, um, months. I still lose all the time. <laughs> like you don't lose. I lose. You very rarely lose. What well. was the last time you did worse than two, two? Uh, yeah. Shut up. So I like <laughs> <laughs> remember I played all them. I only won one game. Oh, the first time. Mm -hmm. I lost two. Oh, yeah. And then I'll the second time, what happened? Uh, Four up. No, no. I'm talking about in, in CC. Oh, yeah. In No, in Blitz, my win re record with Oldham is pretty good. Also, when I played Icelander <laughs> in CC, I've gone like one, two, or one. I think I've gone one, two, twice. Really? When, I, when I've tried playing like tricky and good meta decks, I like do pretty well, but not quite enough to close out games. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. Because mm. you don't practice them. You just make them and then take them once. And then right. the next time you bring them, you win the armory. That's me trying them out. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's the point of an armory. So like try out a deck and like get a feel for it a little bit. You could play on Talishar and probably cut down on that last. Yeah. Um, Maybe. Yeah. So I, I think uh, it's an interesting thing to get into. Um, and and not sure. everybody's going to do that. But making PVE something you can do once. Mm -hmm. And be like, hey, I had a fun time with that. Yeah. With no barrier to entry. You can decide. I played I it with my yeah. regular friends mm -hmm. at the kitchen table. Maybe I want to go and buy a couple, buy a little bit of it for myself. And then, mm -hmm. and if you can t transfer those decks to competitive, then we're talking, then we're, we're, we're talking for sure. going crazy. And the, yeah. And then if you can reach a point where someone like feels like they are a flesh and blood player, even though they only play PVE. And they're like, oh, yeah, I have a Guinness deck and I play on like teams with people and it's like a social thing. And, you yeah. know, I can see um, a lot of people are probably into both. Like they like playing in armories. Maybe Dude, I would skirmishes. love it. It'd be great. Yeah. I mean, I would love PVE. I, I, yeah, that's yeah. Well, honestly, I think I would play it more. Mm, interesting. Um, I feel like we can probably get some of our friends who don't it depends on play it, it already. But in my mind, the great game that it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I have definitely a lot of friends who are like, I don't want to fight. I want to play together. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah. there's definitely a lot of people who play games that way. Or like people who, board games. Uh, like if, <laughs> even if you have two decks and you're like, all right, I've got Dorinthia and Bravo CC, both all meta and like have all the good cards and like, let's play each other. If you just hand your friend 
either one and are like, okay, here's how you play. You're going to have to like look at their hand and show them how stuff works or have someone looking over their shoulder. It's not easy to teach people even with the, with the, uh, the decks that are built mm-hmm. to teach people. Yeah. And it's like, if you're doing that, then it's like, it's sort of not that it's like ruins the experience, but it's like hard to get the experience of like playing poker in the way that like a matchup like that would be where if you're Dorinthia, you want to like keep information hidden and like, yeah. Versus if you're like, okay, you play Dory, I'll be Bravo. We'll also have a dash and a Guinness and we're going to team up. You can just look at someone's hand and be like, oh yeah, play this here. That'll be good. Right. And uh-huh. it works better. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's funny. I think a lot of games want to be like easy to learn, hard to master. Sure. This game is not easy to learn. It's pretty like they they they'll say like oh the rules are pretty simple they're not it's easy to learn not, like the basic version of if the rules, you have already been steeped in magic and Yu-Gi-Oh yeah probably mm-hmm. if you're me it took me like months yeah to like learn the basic rules uh, yeah like, I, I, it's just not easy to learn and that's okay and it's like it's when did we game. actually <laughs> when did we actually learn how instance really worked I feel like I didn't understand that till I learned Kano. You know, like priority. And I feel like we didn't. I mean, lots of people don't still don't know how reactions work. Mm-hmm. Like, really? Yeah. Like, when do they resolve? They know like a shortcut version of them. <laughs> or the rules change too. Like after we joined is when yeah, yeah. like the 2.0 version of the rules where they changed a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think Outsiders has been great for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the draft is probably one of the most interesting ways to get in. Like you can pay $10, mm-hmm. you can open three packs and play a bunch of games. I mean, like all you need to tell someone is like pick whatever you see the most borders of mm-hmm. and then you'll probably be fine. Yeah. Uh, like you don't have to know what the cards do. Yeah. You know, some, some ba- very basic, like there's, these are the ones anyone can play. This is the arrow. This is the ranger. This is the ninja. Uh-huh. This is the assassin. Pick one. Yeah, yeah. And then just like try. Take to the ma- cards and matchy play. Matchy. And yeah, and it's like if people are are nice, they'll like they'll probably stomp you, and then they, they could play again and be like, oh yeah, you like this was a play mistake you made. This was like a, a card picking mistake. You shouldn't have taken this many copies of this card. I don't think you need to play that many times to like do well. It's it's easy to learn a lesson by losing. I think, and that's like the thing that people i think some people have trouble with that attitude like they don't want to lose even if they're new at a game and they just want to be able to win right. but it's like you play in a draft and you're like wow with three stealth cards my Missouri deck doesn't do anything i should have gotten more so in this wrap up mm-hmm. of um what outsiders has done to the game yeah uh how's the meta mm well, they this printed the most inter- broken card of all time, and <laughs> they have to ban it immediately. It's a zero for 15. Zero for 30. It kills your opponent it has, for 40 life. It's zero for 15 with go again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I don't know why they would print something that says zero for 15 on it. Yeah, yeah. Dominate. Um, uh, no d <laughs> That doesn't say dominate. Zero for 15. It's always that much value. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the meta is... Um, it is funny because it's like... You can look back. Like, I remember we had this conversation and I was basically like, well, every set they print heroes that like become a part of the meta. So probably what's going to happen in Outsiders, right? And you were like, yeah, of course. You think they're going to print cards? You think Azalea isn't going to be the business? And I feel like a lot of people remember like after Dynasty, they did some bans where they were like, the meta is a little stale. We want to ban some stuff from Icelander. And people were like, well, I bet this is because they're they're worried that Outsiders won't make an impact. <laughs> it's not high power enough. And it's like, yeah, that is not how card games work my friend they print new cards because they're going to be good they're going to make those heroes good and you're going to want the cards to play those decks well design wise i think outsiders is really interesting in that 
Flesh and Blood has been really careful to not quote unquote power creep and it's caused a lot of interesting discussion I think about uh -huh. what power creep is like they are not going to print a zero for five go again right that would never happen they're not gonna do it mm -hmm. because that's not how th they would just that would be power creep in a way that would just be like oh well you only play that card mm -hmm. everyone needs to play that card or even you if only it play didn't block here. which is like one reason I think the like rule of eight doesn't really make much sense of like sure yeah cards should add up to eight like why don't you describe what rule of eight is to the people who oh, don't know um there's a theory that like the the math of like how you determine the value of a flesh and blood card is like like if you look at wounding blow it's at red it's a zero for four and it blocks three so it deals four damage it blocks for three that's seven and then it pitches for one so that's eight and then it doesn't cost anything to play <laughs> okay so that's eight <laughs> right so then critical strike costs one and then it that five. five, so it's like it adds up to nine, but it's minus one because of the cost to pitch it. Um, but then it's like, as soon as you get to defense reactions, it's like, I guess sink below the effect of blocking the, the sink effect. And the fact that it's a D react is like worth three, but, or something. I don't know. So the, everyone's trying to come up with some rubric yeah. for like, everything is just on a spreadsheet and I can weigh the the concept of being unsure as valued at four yeah or whatever it's like i don't know shut but it, up because well, it's like <laughs> if you took wounding blow and we're like now it's a zero for five that blocks two that would not be the same card even though it would add up to eight if you made it a zero for six that blocked one that would be insane and if it was a zero <laughs> for seven that didn't block at all it would be busted beyond belief right and that would still add up to eight, so I don't think it makes much sense. Anyway, right? Uh, I, I, you know, I, kudos to the kinds of people who have that kind of brain who like need to know sure. like what the design philosophy is. It's like but a rule I, of thumb, but it's not. I don't know. Sure, it, there's there is some sort of like rubric around uh, the card design mm -hmm. of being like if it hits for this much power, it's red. If mm -hmm. it's a cycle. Um, yeah if it you know if it's a non-attack action it probably only blocks two right like and if it does maybe it's really powerful you or know, it's in a certain if, class like warrior if or it's guardian a, if it's a non-attack action that blocks three and it does something really cool then maybe you can consider that very powerful why don't you try it maybe it's melting point yeah <laughs> right but you know people's trying to s assign value Mm -hmm. to codex of frailty as saying like oh it's a zero for ten i just find that really silly and i think it's like that, trying like, to find that to art of war it's like sometimes art of war is worth zero like it depends on the hand and the deck and sometimes how you it's a one it. four eight mm -hmm. or whatever you know like yeah you're yeah. getting you're drawing two cards and then you're playing a whole hand of phi so it's you get 20 value i, I don't know like sure <laughs> yeah, yeah um it's very silly to try and be like this is what everything is valued concretely mm -hmm. um but i think that outsiders um is interesting in that like i said like i don't know if we've said if i said this before or only said it on twitter or whatever but okay. like uh every time a set comes out people think it sucks everything is underpowered mm -hmm. <laughs> and then like and then like immediately there's so, so, somebody figures something out and then 
that needs to be banned. There's always then, very polarized reactions where it's like, they're like, oh, this hero is busted. And then maybe they, like for Phi, they had to ban Stubby Hammers and like bring down his power level. And then everyone like dropped it. They before the set came out. In Blitz, not in CC. I know. Yeah, yeah. Right, they banned it in Blitz and people were like, okay, so I guess it's pretty good in CC. And then once they banned it in CC, everyone was like, oh, well, I'm going to drop this deck. I'm not yeah, going to. people were off Phi. They just go up and down like on certain decks. And people are, like, are very reactive and very trusting of people who have done well at any point yeah. like if you were in the top eight of a pro tour or calling or nationals or worlds mm-hmm. like you're you are now some sort of like scientist yeah, who if, yeah. You, if your opinion of a card is that it's bad or mm-hmm. a hero that it's is that it's not very good people will just be off of it mm-hmm. like without trying it themselves yeah, yeah without any assume. sort of testing um without how not knowing how it feels not knowing how to play against it like mm-hmm. Lots of people would just be like, oh, I heard it was bad. Yeah. And it's like, well, maybe give it a shot or maybe don't like, I don't know. People are very confident out. in their evaluations or repeating shit that they heard mm-hmm. because Michael Hamilton said it or because, yeah, yeah. you know, Matt Folk said it or whoever. Yeah, I was going to mention, I was just listening to one of the most recent Manor podcast episodes. And this isn't meant to be like a dig at Michael and Roger by we any love means. Ma- we love Roger. We love Michael. They're very smart boys. Beautiful very, boys. Very nice boys. Great um, content. Good, good players. I, I just no diss at all. Yes, absolutely no diss. But what, if I, what if I was about to say like the meanest shit about them of all time, <laughs> and you were like, "Wait, Chris, that is a diss. <laughs> Edit this out." No, no. Um, they were just talking about deck lists from some recent <laughs> events, like uh, the the brawl in Chicago, the Min Max yeah. Games Realm brawl, and also the um, there was an AGG, AGE Open Arcane Games and Events in California. Yeah, had like a Kano in the top four or something. And they were like, I think Roger was like, oh, yeah, there's some Kano's popping up lately at events. And Michael was like, yeah, kind of out of nowhere. And I thought it was interesting because it's like, well, where out of would Kano have come? (laughs) It's like, I guess I guess maybe he meant like if they printed some new cards that were like, hey, this is great in Kano. Let's play Kano. But there's just some decks. Kano is like maybe the best example where it's like it's never super represented at tournaments because it's like the hardest deck it's to play. It's insanely difficult to I play think, I think and learn. Pretty arguably the hardest deck to play, right? I don't know what's it's harder. It's hard. Yeah. It's pretty hard. And also very finicky and can die to a lot of counterplay. And there have been decks that if they show up with the thing they have, you will lose to them. Like there's no mm-hmm. way you can win. Like yeah. almost... Like you'd have to like draw my extremely prism. high roll to prism. I don't feel as good. Yeah, but yeah. Dromai, in CC probably. Dromai like has hard. a card that if she plays it, you unless you brought dampen mm-hmm. <laughs> in your deck specifically for it. Yeah, you are not winning the game. Mm-hmm. Like you've lost. It's yeah. over now, and that really sucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's like hard counters to Kano, but then it's like, well, if nobody's playing this. Also, people like Dramai sometimes just doesn't run Thamai. Right. Yeah. Because um, it's like if they don't expect a ton of wizard, it's not like very good against other decks. Right. Yeah. I think I, this is like what's interesting it's is that very it's very good to run against Riptide, I found out. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you can't True. play defense reactions. No, you can't play defense reactions. What Those the fuck? are cards. Yeah. It's pretty rude. Yeah. it's. I think it's like this is a good example of what you were saying that people like treat people like scientists or they like sort of treat the kind of analysis of like the meta as a science. And I feel like the thing is that certain players like Michael Hamilton, or I feel like we sort of noticed that like Nathan from the card guys would do this. I feel like certain players are like, they're so analytical at looking at a meta. And so like they've gotten good at sort of like taking their emotions and their personal biases out of the equation to some extent and being like, okay, looking at 
the matchups, the numbers, whatever you want to look at, which deck beats what other decks, which one has the best spread. You look at that and that's how you pick a deck. And most people don't do that. Even really good players. It's like, to some extent, you know, it's like yeah. Michael, Michael Hamilton loves Icelander. So it's like, I would, I don't know what percentage, I'm sure like 80 to 90% of the reason he brings Icelander to a tournament is like, I think this is the best choice. But it's also like, some of it is that it's like, it's the best choice comfort. for me. Uh-huh. And it's like, I like playing the deck. And I feel like that's an argument for why like people like Hayden and Brendan will bring Kano. It's like, they like playing Kano and they think it has a chance to like attack on a different axes. So and it's if like, they, you know, maybe you're a player that just really wants the highest ceiling possible, mm-hmm. even if the floor is also really high. Yeah. Um, really low. You mean? No. Oh. Th- if the floor was low, then it would be easy. Oh, you mean highest, like in terms of like difficulty or like, like barrier to entry. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Like um, the ceiling of potential play, but the floor of potential play is really hard as well. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, I, that's, that's definitely Kano, right? It's like yeah. to, to be even okay at Kano, you have to be basically amazing at it. Like you have to really practice. Cause if you fuck up, you're just dead. You're like, yeah, you do storm striders at the wrong time or whatever. But it's interesting. It's just like, even people who are in the game, like make a, v- like and and think about the game and mm-hmm. and and t- and do test mm-hmm. like say really f- concrete stuff very authoritatively mm-hmm. and people just buy it yeah like people are just like Azuri's not good yeah like no real evidence or any real reason mm-hmm. like the math doesn't work yeah and it's like uh I also like when people just okay. say stuff they're like yeah Bravo beats as it be- Bravo beats Azuri and what they mean is like them and their testing team like played it. And they beat their friend on Bravo or whatever. And they're like, yep. Or on, on, on Uzuri. And they're like, yeah, Bravo wins. Right. And the thing about this game is like everything is crackable. Mm-hmm. Like everything is makeable in a way that you didn't expect. It just feels like the one of the first things that we experienced when we got into the game was the Starvo meta. And then two Kanos being in that. Mm-hmm. And no one was expecting it. No, no, absolutely not. In, in that top eight, I should say. Yeah. Uh, of the first pro tour. Out of like what six people played Kano in the whole field? Yeah. Like, it was basically none. It was and, at the levels of like Bolton. And like, and this is a this is that there was a, a little bit of drama that came from that those teams like lying to each other mm-hmm. and not telling each other what they were gonna be on. Yeah. People yeah. are trying to hide the information that For they sure, have. Yeah. So I really don't believe that people who are on teams and some of the best teams are going on their podcast i mean michael and roger do say that like hey we told you we we're gonna be on icelander and then i did and then i won the whole thing yeah, yeah. they basically said what the changes were they were like yeah red winter's by and roger was like i don't like red winter's by it i'm gonna run i forget what he ran like they're very open about what they're gonna right they're but gonna it's bring. but besides them like I don't think that most people are going on their podcasts and being like, this is the best deck. Everyone should play it mm-hmm. because it's true. Like, you know, I, it's just like people are going to keep stuff to themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think if somebody figures out that they can beat, they can have no bad matchups with Azuria Riptide. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they're not going to tell you about it. For sure. They're going to tell you after the pro tour when they top eight, it with mm-hmm. Riptide or whatever. And I'm not saying that's true or that I think yeah. that that's I mean, possible. Sometimes teams even like they won't bring, they maybe look to bring a version of a deck, but not like their final brew to stuff like a battle hardened or whatever. Cause that's like public and you know, like maybe they'll do it right before. Like this is sort of what was happening. I think with uh, the lightning briar list, like back mm-hmm. in the, in the briar meta when like, I think I could, I don't know the lore exactly, but Tarek Patel was one of like the early people to like innovate this deck. And then I think it was like, it was played before 
like UK nationals or something. And then everyone started playing it there where it was like, like before there was nearly as much of like a Twitter, like discord presence for the game. There was like February didn't exist. There weren't many, as many YouTubes. It was just like harder okay. to like get a deck list. So it was sort of like this thing being passed around. Like, Hey, this is the way you build Briar. It's crazy. Check this out. Like sometimes that just happens because a deck like does well at a tournament or does well right. at an event or something. And then it's like the rumor of how to make it start spreading around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like, it's, it's interesting to see outsiders have this effect as well, where the mm-hmm. the meta is now so open. Mm-hmm. People are like, is Oldham good still? Uh, yeah. Is Azuri good, even though she top aided the realm? Bl- what do they call that shit? Brawl? It was a brawl, I think, um, yeah. Oh, that's not a real thing, though. That's just what a, they made up. It's a realm thing. And it was um, like 5K. I know. Yeah. Um, you know, I... I, I we have so few data points that people are sort of just wildly speculating, Mm -hmm. but I just find it interesting that people are taking those opinions now as, as those voices have become more solidified as like content creators and, and spokespeople for the game. Like those opinions become gospel, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, So like my opinion is that at the pro tour or calling, you're going to see a lot of Azalea, mm-hmm. Lexi, and Dramai. Yeah. Not because any of those decks are the best deck, uh-huh. but because everyone online says they are. Right. Um, like Azalea and Lexi got, I think you could argue, the best new cards because they got, I mean, we were talking about Power Creep earlier, and they did argue Straight up Power Creep uh, Ranger by giving them a quiver. Yeah, new new <laughs> slots, which is a really interesting thing because that's like, I feel like their biggest issues in the past with quote-unquote Power Creep is heroes that were a little overtuned. Like, I think like, obvious examples are Chain, Starvo, Priorata, Briar. It's like they printed a hero that was so good that combined... Runeblade also has like really good cards and equipment and stuff too and Guardian. Yeah. It's like, so it's sort of a combination of like a good card pool and then also a great hero ability and good armor and like all these different things. So it's cool to see what they can do in the other direction when they have a hero with like a decent, like, I guess a pretty good hero ability and some good equipment and some good cards and just like needs a little bit more to like push past certain bad matchups and like give that to Azalea by being like, you get a crazy power card that feels like Revel and Runeblood on steroids. You get like a free. <laughs> Wait, what's that one? Uh, Codex of Frailty. I don't see how. I'm just saying, like, a card that you play and people are like, oh, shit, you're playing that card. That's really that's really powerful. Like, yeah, there's yeah. not really much to compare. It's kind of hard to compare it to anything because we haven't had graveyard recursion before in this game, really, other than, like, putting it back on top of the deck. Just, like, going from graveyard to a play zone. It's pretty new. It's and cool. It's cool. Yeah. Um, getting a quiver, getting, like, new aim counters, like, all these things that, like, make the arrows and the play style better. And it seems to have worked enough that she can, like, beat her former bad matchup sometimes. Right. Well, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, she can beat Guardian. Um, but but does that mean it's the best deck? Uh, people are excited to play it. Mm-hmm. But that's the problem is that whatever you think is the best deck, you've got to understand that the field is going to be people who are excited about the new cards, uh-huh. excited about the new heroes, and just want to play it, especially in the calling because totally, they yeah. think that people aren't going to be as practiced against it or because it's the most fun or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really matter. So the yeah. best deck is going to be whoever is best into the peop- what's going to be played. I, I think also LSS, like the way they want to balance the game is to avoid having an obvious 
best deck because it's like you know it might sound sort of obvious sure. to say but it's like when you have a hero that's broken like when when starvo still had awakening it's like probably starvo was the best deck or when viscerai still had skeleta when chain first came out and had seeds like i feel like maybe chain with seeds is like the most obvious one or pre errata briar like we've had a few where it's like this deck is just more powerful than every other deck in pretty obvious ways. <laughs> yeah. Like when Briar could deal more damage than any, any other deck and then also block for like eight with a non-attack with a zero cost, like blue card. Mm-hmm. That's absurd. No other deck can block for eight with one card or deal 30 damage. Yeah. I in one think turn. that was so that was the best deck. Yeah. But even then it's sort of like it, it, uh, it always shifts because if you're like, well, ice Lexi and ice Oldham can actually beat that deck. It's like, is Oldham now the best deck because he beats Briar or is Briar still the best deck because the power level is just high enough. It's so hard to say in a more open meta. The question, it's just always a moving target. The best deck is like what the best player brings that happens to win and get good matchups. And like, you know, it's a game with variants. There's going to be luck in who you play against, who wins the die roll, what cards you draw, how they built their deck. A million things can happen. Yeah. Uh, so point is, Outsiders is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, I love it. It's a great set. I also don't be sleeping on those legendaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, sa- same discussion is happening with all the legendaries. Everyone thinks they're unplayable and useless. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Trench, unplayable. Trench, unplayable. Uh, Shroud, unplayable. Uh, uh, Vambrace does nothing, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's literally like whatever point is is that they're all really good Mm -hmm. uh they have actually never made a legendary that isn't really good um yeah checks out like silver palms blocks two on the arms (laughs) dennis can (laughs) block a little bit uh this battle worn no blade break oh damn uh imagine that oh are you ready for this well i mean just like think about how how people valued ghost hands and alluvian Mm -hmm. uh and Maybe not Coronet Peak. I think people liked Coronet Peak. But I remember people specifically like, oh, ghostly, ghostly Touch was just like, people were like, what is this? What is this for? It does nothing. What is this? And now it's like very runnable in Dramai. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a game plan. It's a win condition. It's a win condition how, for like a lot of the best decks. How, it's much, like, yeah, how much armor has you, a win condition on it? What were you thinking yeah. when you said that? Yeah. Really think about <laughs> like. And then, like, Alluvian, people are like, I guess it's good as a sideboard card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, into, like, half of the decks as that do, like, everyone that does Arcane. Yeah, yeah, a lot uh, of decks. It, it, it's so good that it made decks like Viscerai have a horrible time in the meta because Icelander could just, like, outvalue him so easily. Because it's like, so easily. oh, I'll prevent damage, which then also saves up later to give me more damage. To give me pitch? Yeah. Crazy. That's cool. For, thanks for the free pitch <laughs> when I'm just, like, blocking on rate, I which have I, to block I want two. to do anyway. No, like I'm always going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just like, it's so obvious to me that they make legendaries that do shit that is broken mm. and like stuff you've never been able to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're usually very unique. That's like sort of the thing that stands out about legendaries is like, it'll be like some kind of repeatable effect or some kind of effect that nothing else can really right. give and you access like, to. Tunic better. Yeah, actually, tunic, actually tunic's actually better. better. I decided. Uh, Vested well, the first fist is better. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, don't be so quick to snap on judgment. It's also a try long, new stuff. It's a game with like it, a long future. Like they're planning for what I don't even know, ten years, fifteen years. Like James White has James a pretty White long is like wants to be dead when it's like <laughs> you know over. You yeah, know? it's it's like some of this stuff might not pay off immediately, uh, and that's fine. You know, it's like certain cards, like they're. 
or it's like it might not pay off you know it's like you could argue that's what happened with ranger it's like they printed the legendaries they printed well, the weapon yeah. and the card and then they were like oh azalea isn't strong enough crosswrap was a 15 dollar card and people would have laughed at me for saying that they have never made a bad legendary mm-hmm. three months ago yeah because skullbone crosswrap was worth literally like ten dollars yeah yeah uh the one we have you bought for like fifteen dollars right and now it's worth fourteen dollars is how much i pay i think with tax uh and shipping practically Um, got it off the dollar menu right now it's worth a hundred bucks sold a white one just recently for a hundred dollars um store credit to get more outside and i think i even got kind of ripped off you know what i mean like it's Mm -hmm. worth more than that right now so it's like even if even if they're not the best right now Mm mm-hmm which I think a lot of these cards actually are pretty good. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think Shroud and Strange are very good cards. Um, yeah. You know, hang on to them. Give it time. Yeah. Don't be crazy. Watch the tall Timmy mm-hmm. uh, made a great video about how Excellent to video. get good mm-hmm. uh, with making this game a little cheaper. Yeah. Beautiful uh, video. Watch that after you finish this because it's almost over. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for watching. Um, I've been Bryn. My, you can follow me at Twitter at Banished Zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow Chris at Blue Plunder Run. At Blue Plunder Run mm-hmm. on Twitter. We have a Discord which you can check out. Yes, and hang out. we do. Uh, I'm sure it'll be in the dis in the description sure. uh, yeah. below this video. Mm-hmm. Um, there, follow maybe? us uh, if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah, um, yeah. Write reviews if you're on wherever else, Spotify. Or okay, do we have any reviews on Apple Podcasts yet? We should. I don't even know. Who knows if we do? Show it to us. Yeah, tell us about it. Yeah. Tweet at us, comment, like, subscribe, all of the things. Mm-hmm. Hang out with us in the Discord. Uh, if you'd like for me to open a box for you on live on stream, you mm-hmm. can do that by filling out the little form. And until next time, you are banished. You're banished. You're banished.